0: Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard podcast wherever and whenever you're listening we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus head to coventryvineyard.org. Good morning my name's Vicky I am one of the senior pastors here at Coventry Vineyard. I've got to remember to do this thing with my size. Thank you very much. Those on the tech team, you might need to help me out a little bit. We'll see how we go. So um, as I said, we're going to be carrying on the series called Preach the Gospel. But before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are king. Thank you that you bring new life, new hope, that where we struggle through life and where we feel like failures, that you bring honour, that you bring us a place of family, that you bring us healing and hope. And I pray that we would be able to bring that to others. And as we listen this morning, you would inspire and challenge us to reach out to those who don't yet know you, those who might be strangers to us, And Lord, that you would make strangers into friends and friends into family. Amen. So, if this is your first time at church, you are particularly welcome. It's great to see you. Uh, If you have been for a few times but haven't heard the last few talks of the series, I'd really encourage you to catch up with them. You can catch up with them on YouTube. Um, there are other things that you can do, but that's about as good as I know. Um, just a summary of the last two talks. So the first talk in the series. Nick talked, it's all gone straight out of my head now, yeah, Nick talked something important about preaching the gospel, who knows what. <laughs> no, he talked about the importance of God's heart, uh, to have God's heart of compassion for those around us, how we need to have that God's heart of compassion. And then the second talk, uh, we were doing a women's life group and somebody quoted it so beautifully. It's joining in the conversation that God is already having with someone. I love that. That's such a great picture. But how do we do that? How do we do that in a world where it seems like we're becoming more and more secular, where we're becoming a little bit more antagonistic towards the gospel, where preaching the gospel to people can be difficult at best, and it can actually be quite dangerous to our jobs or to our livelihood at worst? How do we do this when there's so little time? Do we, for example, just invite our friends to church or a big evangelistic event and hope that the preacher, that would be me right now, doesn't mess it up too much and actually doesn't drop in any major clangers? Do we take our neighbours' bins out each week and hope that they ask us why we're such amazing people, despite the fact they all do similar things and even better? Do we stand on a, pre- on a corner preaching and shouting at people about their need to go to heaven rather than going to hell or their need for salvation? Do we hand out leaflets? There are all sorts of great pamphlets available or come up with great arguments on, you know, just to win people over with the best arguments? Or do we have three or four beautiful questions which will always lead people to forgiveness and you know repentance and seem to work in lots of other places or maybe we keep our heads down a little bit and uh, pretend that we don't know anyone who isn't following Jesus and hope Jesus doesn't ask us too much about it when we get to heaven but many of you may have done one or all of these things now I'm just going to admit it right now I've pretty much done all of those things so I've been involved in most of those things I did a gap year um, with a big youth organisation and ended up doing pretty much all of them so if you're sitting here cringing thinking I've done some of those things well join the club me too but it feels sometimes a bit like a sales strategy doesn't it it feels like if we have the right words if we have the right questions or the right book to give someone then they're gonna go wow that's amazing I'm gonna give my whole life to following Jesus but is there a better way is there a way that's a bit more loving that feels a bit more like valuing the person well I had a look through the Gospels and uh, my favourite way to do this is to look at Jesus because he seems to know a little bit more about this sort of thing. Just heads up there. If you're not sure about the answer, the answer is Jesus. Jesus had lots of ways of connecting with people. Loads of different ways. But he had two main ways that he did this. So his first method was with religious people, with the Jews. Now, they knew their Bible. They were going along to the synagogue weekly. They were doing all the right things. With those religious people, he would stand up and preach, just like you guys are coming. You're maybe not religious people, but just like you guys are coming to listen today. Now, there was another big group of people who Jesus hung out with, and they would be called the outcasts. They were those people who others would call sinners and he would be hospitable to those people. He would break bread with them, he would drink with them and listen, he would ask great questions and sometimes offer wisdom. He would bring the conversation deeper, attend to their needs and invite them to be part of the kingdom of God, invite them into family. So this is beautifully illustrated in the book of Luke. Now, I'm not going to use my glasses because I've decided that it's too too complicated. It's beautifully (laughs) illustrated in the book of Luke. So if you've got a Bible, I encourage you to find it. It's Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. But the words, as you can see, are up on the screen. Excuse me a second. (coughs) Let's read it together. So Jesus entered Jericho that's a big old town and he was passing through he was on the way to somewhere but a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector he was quite important and he was wealthy he wanted to see who Jesus was but because he was short he couldn't see over the crowd so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now, this is a freebie. Okay, guys, this is a freebie. Who's short in this passage? It doesn't actually say in the original. It isn't very clear. So just want to throw that one out. Who's short? Was it Zacchaeus or was it Jesus? But there we go. So when Jesus read, There you go. There's a bit of murmuring going on now. So when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So again, if Jesus met someone on the margins of society or someone who wasn't socially acceptable, he would invite himself to that person's house. He would invite himself to their house because he didn't have a house to invite people to. So he invited himself and he was not only the guest, but he was acting as the host in their home. So carrying on with the passage. Now, when all the people around this saw this, they went, oh, Zacchaeus, isn't that lovely of Jesus? He's so nice, invite himself to Zacchaeus' house. No, as you can see, all the people saw this and began to mutter. They muttered, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, we don't quite understand in our society how big a deal this was. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, not only a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. He was the outcast of society, um, sometimes if you think, who's the worst person you could invite someone around? Uh, who's someone who, if you invited them around, all your neighbours could notice and go, oh, I can't believe they've invited that person. In fact, going to Zacchaeus' house for any reason other than to burn it down or to torch it could endanger not only Jesus, but his family and his friends, they could be, it could be dangerous for their lives when people noticed. That's how difficult it was. Tax collectors and sex workers were on some of the lowest rungs of the ladder in Israelite society, and Jesus invited himself over to be with them. As John Mark Comer said, Jesus got himself killed because he ate with all the wrong people. Jesus got himself killed because he ate with all the wrong people. You see, for Jesus, eating with someone was a sign of God's grace, God's welcome, God's hospitality. It was a sign of bringing them in and showing them God's kingdom. He was bringing Zacchaeus back to community. So what happens to Zacchaeus? Well, remember everyone's grumbling because Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to... Oh, let's get that working. No, it's not going to work. Oh, there we go. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything... There's a big if, isn't it? Uh, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. See that? Jesus has just given him belonging. He's given him a community there. Uh, For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Now that is my kind of preaching the gospel Doesn't that sound so much better than trying to give out leaflets or do an amazing play that people ignore? Um, Through Jesus' hospitality, Zacchaeus found salvation, belonging, community, and love instead of judgment, rejection, isolation, and hate. And that changed everything for him. Not only for him, but for the community around him. As you see, he was willing to give money back into the community. So, what does this mean for us? Well, those of us here who are followers of Jesus are commanded by Jesus to continue the things that he started. And that includes this crazy idea of hospitality. Now, just going to clear up a few things here. Hospitality in the Bible is all about loving strangers. The word means stranger love. It means loving strangers, outcasts, and foreigners. God is a God of hospitality. And there are so many passages in the Bible about loving strangers, about welcoming, welcoming them into our houses. In fact, in, uh, where is it? 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 hospitality is a requirement for leaders in the church along with being faithful to your wife and you know other important things like that it's a requirement for leaders Now, there's a beautiful book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key by a lady whose name I think is amazing. It's called Rosaria Butterfield. And thank you, Serena, if you're on live stream, for the recommendation. And she says some quite pointy and slightly scary things about hospitality. But one of the things she says in this book is, those who live out radically ordinary hospitality see their homes as not theirs at all, but God's gift to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. They see their homes as not theirs to use at all, but God's gift to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. They open doors, they seek out underprivileged. They know that the gospel comes with a house key. Now, just going to clear up a couple of things here because hospitality is not the same as either entertaining people or fellowship. Now, fellowship in the Bible, that's a beautiful thing. It's very highly recommended. We have fellowship with God. We have fellowship with friends, with family. And that's meeting with people and eating with people who we know and we love. Hospitality is about showing love and helping people who we don't know. People who are on the edge of society. People who are strangers, who are foreigners. It's about turning strangers into friends and friends into family. Also, hospitality isn't the same as entertaining, okay? Entertaining can look like making your house look like those House Beautiful magazines or like something out of Pinterest. It can look like making food that everybody can take photos of and having amazing conversation. Now, I can tell you, Nick and I have tried this and it went horribly wrong. I can tell you things we've learned from trying to entertain people. First of all, our house will never look like a House Beautiful magazine. It just doesn't happen. it's one of those things. It took hours of preparation, it took loads of money, the cleaning took ages, and as soon as they'd gone, the house was a tip again. Uh, we were exhausted and too tired for proper conversation by the time the guests arrived. It was too formal and our guests couldn't relax. And actually, the people who came didn't feel like they could invite us back because they were like, well, if they see our house or our food, it's not going to be as good. So I wouldn't recommend just entertaining people. There are a few occasions when you need to do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Now, hospitality is different, it's about inviting in the stranger. It's about showing people love. It's about doing things like Jermaine did, you know, being there for somebody who's lonely. It's about helping the Uber driver who might be a friend of yours. It means expressing God's love in practical ways to our neighbors, to strangers, to people who aren't even from this country. It can look like taking someone to the hospital, for example, or, you know, making room for a displaced family. Um, I was talking, I've got a quote. Now, I've, I'm allowed to quote this person as long as, were, as long as I say they were one of my sons. Apparently, that's the rule. So one of my sons <laughs> was selling car parts. I bet you can't, exa- can't, can't imagine who that was. And uh, I was having a conversation with him yesterday. And he said, you know, someone's coming to buy some seatbelts from one of his cars he's breaking up. And he goes, they're from the area, from the local area. I think if they need some help, over the next few months, I might offer to help them do up their car. Now, that's hospitality. It's taking someone who's a complete stranger and saying, what skills do I have? What can I do to help them out? Whether it's putting seatbelts in another Yaris or providing a cup of water for someone. All these are examples of hospitality. It's about widening the circle to include others in your daily life. It's about generosity in inviting those who may never be able to invite you back. It's about love, acceptance and listening. It's about joining in the conversation that God is already having with someone. So, what if all of us here decided to take that step towards hospitality? What could we do? What could it look like? So I went on Coventry Vineyard Facebook page, the Cov Vin page, and said, What are the issues about inviting people over to your house? What are the issues about showing hospitality to people? And thank you, all those of you who answered, because I just thought this was great fun. I've got several areas that people might have concerns about the first is i don't have a house or my house is too small or those in my house don't like visitors you know what that's okay jesus didn't have a house either he invited himself to other people's houses there are also picnics you can have you can meet people at the community lunch you can meet people before church on a sunday we're open for about 9:15 15 ish um, you know, just invite, invite yourself over. We've invited ourselves over so many times to people's houses. If they have small people, small children, then it's easier for them if we go, look, we'll bring over a takeaway. So uh, Abby, our oldest child, she lives in a house about the size of a postage stamp. I mean, honestly, it's a bit crazy. So if Nick and I come over to her house, it feels really cramped because it's her and Nathan and me and Nick. And uh, I was talking to her about this this week. And she goes, oh yeah, there was a wedding and some friends needed somewhere to stay. So we had three guys staying in our house. And I'm like, where? I think one of them must have slept in the bathroom, one in the hallway, and I'm not quite sure where the other one slept. But they had a great time. They ordered in pizza because there wasn't any space to cook anything. And they all slept on the floor and played electronic games of some description. I don't know what. But uh, they had a great time, so you can do it even if you've got very little space. Uh, What about, um, I don't want people in my house? Well, you know, a lot of us do see our house as like a a kingdom, like a castle of our own. Just like to challenge you on that. I don't think that's a very godly point of view. Just going to say that. You can argue with me later. Have a look through the Bible see what God says about it. That's, that's just where I'm going to leave it to. What about my house needs a clean and I don't have time? Okay, if your house is shabby and it just needs a bit of tidying up, people don't come to look at your house. And if they do, they're judgy people and you don't really need those people in your life anyway. Um, if your house, however is dirty to the point of being unhygienic and the food could be dodgy. Please clean up your house because the hospital parking fees are really expensive and I don't want to have to go and see you in the hospital. So, you know, just going to say that. Make sure your house is basically hygienic. That's what I would go for. Okay, provision issues. I can't cook or it costs lots of money. You know what? Hospitality isn't about providing a beautiful meal. It's not entertainment. You can invite people over for a glass of water or a cup of tea. You can get people to bring food. We're doing a barbecue for the neighbours um, at the bottom of our road uh, for Jubilee weekend. And all I've done is I've put something on Facebook and I've delivered some leaflets to go, bring your barbecue, bring your food, bring your drink, bring your chairs. And all I'm doing is bringing the food that we're going to have and our barbecue. So just encourage you, do a bit of a bring and share thing. Um, What else? Do I have enough food? You know that thing where you're at church or somewhere and you think, I could invite that person over, but I've only got this much food. Can I say, if you add a tin of tomatoes to most things, it bulks it out big time and it's amazing how far everything goes. Or you just pick something up on the way back. So just encourage you with that one. Personal issues. I don't know anyone to ask. Really good question, really good point. Well, if you don't know anyone to ask, come to community lunch, find someone you don't know. Come to church, find someone you don't know. Ask somebody at work, somebody who you've never invited over. If you're at school, ask somebody who you've never chatted to before. There are so many different people you could find. Uh, Maybe get involved in CAP or in Grow Kids, something like that. What about if people might say no? Okay, you've gone to all the effort, you've built up your courage, and you said, do you want to come over for a cup of tea? And people go, no, actually, no thanks. Well, I can tell you, Jesus told a whole parable about that. If you want to look, Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Guy had a beautiful feast, invited all the nice people. They all said no. And then he went, officially, I love this phrase, to the highways and byways. He went out on the streets. He invited everybody and anybody. And they came in droves because they'd never been invited before. Maybe invite the people who've never been invited before. Can I say, there are so many sirens here today. (laughs) That wasn't what I was going to say. Can I say, I was looking, I did a Google search, um, people... Um, in the UK invited for meals and there's a bit of an embarrassing amount of people who aren't from the UK who live here who have never been invited to a white person's house to a UK person's house and they, they are how they see us is cold and unfriendly what if we could invite people who don't live normally in the UK people who've come and made the effort to live in Coventry what if we invite them? to our house for a meal I know that they would be delighted most of them next question how do we get rid of people when we want them to leave I love this question I think this is as I can tell a lot of you appreciate this okay two thoughts first of all clear boundaries why don't you come over to my house six till seven thirty beginning and an end okay oh look it's seven thirty we're gonna have to go now you know thanks for coming it's lovely to see you uh, so First thing, really clear boundaries. Second one, get up, start clearing away. That's what you want to do when, when you want people to go. And at the worst, you go, look, I'm afraid you're going to have to go now because I'm really tired. We've been there. We've done it. We understand. What if the kids don't go to sleep? This is important. I figure this is for people with smaller children because Danny's always up way later than us. Um, I would really encourage you now, we're all about... All of us being disciple making disciples. What if you could get your kids involved in hospitality? I love it when our kids come and sit at the table when we've got other people around. They have learned so much about talking to different people, all different people, all different generations. And I would suggest they're way better at interview skills and they're way better at general social skills because we have involved them in hospitality. Uh, It would require a lot of effort. It is overwhelming. And some people say, what about if I'm an introvert? Well, Rosara Butterfield is also an introvert. Just going to quote her here. She said, we introverts miss out on great blessings when we excuse ourselves from practicing hospitality because it exhausts us. Knowing your personality and your sensitivities does not excuse you from ministry. It means you need to prepare differently from than others might. Okay? So your personality doesn't excuse you, but you might want to prepare differently. You might want time afterwards. You might want to set in those clear boundaries. And then one of the, well, another important one, I don't know how to talk to people, or I don't know how to talk to people like me, or it might be awkward. I get it. I really, can I say, I really struggled to learn how to talk to people. So what I did was I watched people. I watched people who were good at chatting, people who were good at telling stories, and I learned from them. However, this isn't about entertaining. This is about hospitality. It's about talking to people, listening to them, and asking good questions. If it gets difficult, get out a board game or something like that. How about playing a game, you know, or an electronic game. Um, As you can tell, I'm really bad on those sort of games. But hospitality doesn't mean that you need to be the life and soul of the party. It means that you can listen to people. And another top tip, this one's free as well, invite someone who's really good at chatting to people from church at the same time. Then you've got someone else who can help tidy up as well. So there we go. Um, What about I feel judged by my guests? Thank you for the person who asked this one. I I hadn't thought of this as a question. You know what? Judgy people, that's their job description. They've got to be judgy. Don't invite judgy people over. They're mostly a certain type of person anyway. Why don't you invite over people who aren't so judgy, who are the outcasts, who are the foreigners? Why don't we practice true hospitality to people who've never been invited before? And then one of the biggest mistakes that um, I've made is lack of planning. I love having people over. Um, I am more of an extrovert than Nick is. Um, But often time can go by and you suddenly think, oh, I haven't invited that person over in ages, or I haven't made an effort to invite someone over who I don't know. Lack of planning. I would suggest that you get your diaries out, you talk to whoever is in your house and go, how about... We arrange something with our neighbours. We arrange something with work people, with somebody who I've never met before. How about that? Start to plan it in. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to change that right now. So why don't we do something today? Find someone and tell them your plan. This is going to create traction for you, help you move forward in this type of hospitality that Jesus did and commands us to do. Work out who you'd like to invite. Is it going to be someone from a different country? Is it going to be someone from work? And what are you going to invite them to? Are you going to invite them for a a coffee or a drink or, you know, whatever it is or a meal? Or are you going to say, I'd love to help you do whatever it is, fix up your car or whatever it is? And then organise maybe three dates or times because you can't always do the first one and um, invite or invite them to an open house. Sort out who's bringing what, who's doing what. Enjoy and repeat. So encourage you to invite people over regularly. And we're going to be chatting to each other in a moment. So just a heads up with that. Now, I know a lot of you, this might be a massive, massive step for you. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a way out. If this is something that you've never really done before, I would encourage you to have someone over maybe who you do know. If you've not had people over for a meal or if you've not had pe- met up with people for a coffee, maybe take a small step that will make you a little bit uncomfortable. If you're someone who's used to having people over, maybe take another step. Invite someone over who you've never met before or somebody who you don't know that well. Maybe God's calling you even further to host a family in crisis or to some other form of hospitality to make a difference in this world. So I'm going to encourage you in a second to turn in your seats and tell the person next to you what you're planning to do this week to create traction towards that command that Jesus has said. But initially, just also going to encourage you to pray for boldness for each other because you're going to really need it but how can we live out radically ordinary hospitality to turn strangers into friends and friends into neighbours to see our homes as not ours at all but God's gift to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.